truth seekers, freedom fighters, defenders of liberty, deplorables, lizard people, and ultra magas. I'm your host, Becca Marie, and you are listening to Freedom Speak. The forces of evil are attempting to manipulate us through false propaganda, division, and fear tactics. We are unindoctrinated, unvaccinated, unrestrained, unashamed, unrelenting, unapologetic, and unafraid. On Conservative Talk, ABQ, KDAZ, 96.9 FM, AM 700, and listen from anywhere at conservativetalkabq.com. Like for you to check out my website, freedomspeaknm.com, where you can listen to playbacks of any of my previous shows, as well as other useful resources. You can now also get the podcast on SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, and Apple t- iTunes. You can send me your questions and comments and get started advertising by emailing me at my new email of Becca, that is B-E-C-C-A, at freedomspeaknm.com. I got a really, really packed show today as usual, and I've actually got a real full house of guests today, so I think it's going to make for a really interesting conversation. I uh, was thinking a little bit about the other day about how Joe Biden, you know, the guy that said he was going to be the uniter in chief, called uh, those of us that are MAGA Republicans semi-fascists. Well, that had me a little bit of confused because I have done shows before and I have talked about what fascism is. It's like I, I'm pretty darn aware of what fascism is and I don't believe I meet that criteria and neither does anybody I know. So I thought I'd talk a little bit about that. So since I was a little bit confused by the statement, I thought I would look up the meaning of the word fascist. One definition I found stated that fascism is defined as a system of government marked by centralization of authority under a dictator, a capitalist economy subject to stringent government controls, violent suppression of the opposition, and typically a policy of belligerent nationalism and racism also known as a political philosophy or movement based on or advocating such a system of government. Now, I I don't think that matches me at all. I don't think I meet any of those criteria. But isn't it our currently Democrat-controlled government that over the past couple of years forcibly closed private businesses, closed beaches, closed parks, closed schools, forced Americans to participate in a medical experiment, namely the mRNA injections, which, by the way, are still only under emergency use authorization. They are not approved. I I run into so many people all the time and say, oh, well, they're approved by the FDA. No, they're not. They're not approved by the FDA. Get over it. That is not true. Emergency use authorization. There is no emergency. Look around you. There is no emergency. Not to mention Joe and his other Democrat cohorts were coercing everybody into wearing a mask all the time. It's like, hey, I'm I'm all for freedom of expression, freedom of doing whatever you want to do. If you want to wear a mask, wear a mask. If you want to get an experimental injection, Go for it. I don't care. But don't, don't make me do it too. And by the way, if you believe if this crap really works, 
then you shouldn't be concerned about me having to do it too. Because if you do it, then you're safe, right? Maybe you really don't even believe that. People were threatened. People were coerced. And yes, people were even arrested and jailed if they refused to comply. Isn't our current government under the leadership of Joe Biden using a now military arm of the regime known as the FBI to raid the homes and offices of the opposing political party members in the wee hours in the morning with military-style assault weapons? Soon, with the doubling of the size of the IRS, I think we can count on targeting our bank accounts. IRS agents will even be armed. Isn't the current leadership using that same FBI to coerce social media to suppress information that is unfavorable to them and project the narrative that is beneficial to keeping them in power? Remember how the White House announced they were going to flag posts for Facebook? Remember the Disinformation Governance Board? Ministry of Truth. It is now considered normal to decide you don't like someone and then use the power of the federal government to find a crime to charge them with. Due to the constant propaganda of the state-run media outlets, many Americans now wish for harm against those with a different opinion. I actually had somebody the other day tell me that they wish Donald Trump, Trump was dead. And another person told me that since they didn't like Donald Trump, that he should be put in prison. In fact, there are a lot of indoctrinated Americans that would like to see a lot of us that they disagree with put in jail. Since they likely disagree with me, I'm sure they would also like to see me silenced or even put in jail. We see this tyrannical regime using tactics reminiscent of Nazi Gestapo's to confiscate confidential documents from a lawyer's office. I wonder what happened to attorney-client privilege. Arrest a preacher for preaching. Round up political prisoners and drag them away in shackles. Raid the homes of political opponents and even raid the home of a former president. Political prisoners are being held without bail, without visitation, without an actual conviction, without due process, in gulag-style solitary confinement on misdemeanor charges for an indefinite period of time in disgusting, unsanitary conditions. Some prison guards are abusing those with political views they don't agree with. This abuse includes verbal abuse, sleep deprivation, denying a shower, beating them, and even torture. One man I read about was actually kicked in the groin until he passed out. This is all happening because there is absolutely no accountability for the current evil, corrupt government. If you're a conservative, you are a potential target. The current resident of the White House is making laws through decree while completely bypassing our representatives in Congress. Now, I'd like you to remind me again, what is a fascist? Hmm. You know, one thing I have noticed uh, by talking to a number of people, I recently went on a trip to Florida, talked to a lot of people there too, and it's, it's amazing that people have been indoctrinated so thoroughly 
over the past two now going on three years that they literally, when you try to tell them new information, and I talked about this on a previous show about cognitive dissonance. This is one of the symptoms of cognitive dissonance, not, not wanting any new information. You don't want anything that challenges what you have been made to believe. And I mentioned to somebody I knew about the 2000 Mules movie. And he said he had never heard of it. And he had no interest in whatsoever in watching it. But he strongly believes there was no election fraud. And he wants to keep believing that. So the current regime even endorses the violent hate group known as Antifa by using the website domain antifa.com. Don't take my word for it. Type it into your browser. It redirects you to whitehouse.gov. For quite some time, Democrats have embraced fascism and communism. They used to hide it, but now it's out in the open because they have successfully brainwashed half the country into thinking that all of us that believe in liberty and freedom are the enemies. <clears throat> Remember Ronald Reagan? They constantly attacked him too. Reagan was referred to as a dangerous cowboy undisciplined, uneducated, and a dunce. In contrast, during Reagan's time in office, the Democrats absolutely loved the Soviet leader Mikhail Gorbachev. They thought Gorbachev was going to save us from Ronald Reagan. One of the big inspirations in my life, Rush Limbaugh, used to warn us about this way back in the 1980s when I first got interested in talk radio. I'm going to channel a little bit of the late, great Rush Limbaugh from one of his shows back in the 1980s. Stand by, I need a drink. <clears throat> so it went like this. And this is one of my favorite skits by Rush Limbaugh, by the way. <clears throat> I quote, now, Gorbachev, there was a man in whom we could place our total trust. And then Gorbachev came along and proposed a couple of things called perestroika and glasnost. And in the interest of saving time, what those things were is simple attempts by Gorbachev to institute a little bit of freedom amongst the Soviet people while maintaining an iron grip on them and communism. What happened was American culture began to infiltrate the Iron Curtain. Something as simple as reruns of the Dallas TV series exposed the lie to what the Soviet leadership told their population about America. And then there was Levi's jeans. And so much of pop culture began to undermine the Soviet leadership. They began to lose control of the population. The barbarians were infiltrating the USSR. So they tried to institute glasnost, which basically means a little bit of openness, and perestroika, which was designed actually to fool the American media into thinking that the Soviet Union was engaging in reform. That made Gorbachev all the more popular with American liberals especially and the American press.
Gorbachev finally came along and made it look like he was going to be the guy that could finally sit down, have a meeting with the United States, and convince Reagan not to blow up the world. And a meeting was scheduled in Washington, D.C. Gorbachev was to come to the United States and actually have a meeting with Reagan, at which time Gorbachev would tell Reagan how it was going to be at which time Mikhail Gorbachev would save the world from Ronald Reagan. Ronald Reagan referred to the Soviet Union as the evil empire. That angered the American media and the Democrat Party like you can't believe. I bet you can believe it. Reagan went into the radio studio one day to record a Saturday morning presidential address, and before recording, he joked, the bombing begins in five minutes. That was leaked out. Of course, it was leaked out. And the press and the Democrat Party went bonkers, thinking Reagan was on the verge of losing it. Of course, they thought that about him all along. Of course, that's what actually made the rest of the world afraid of Ronald Reagan, because he, they thought he was a shoot-from-the-hip cowboy that was bound to just do whatever at any moment. I look at that as a good thing, honestly. They thought he was literally going to bomb the Soviet Union. Apparently, Reagan forgot that the Democrats have absolutely no sense of humor. You don't joke about the Soviet Union. You don't joke about nuclear weapons. That was horrible. So when Gorbachev and the birthmark, which grew as the Soviet Union expanded, you could actually see that birthmark grow. You could see Maine, see the East Coast, see Florida. As the Soviets' expansion and infiltration of the U.S. culture grew, so did the Gorbachev birthmark. Finally, ladies and gentlemen, the trip to Washington was announced. Mikhail Sergeyevich Gorbachev, with his lovely and gracious wife, Raisa, would come. And by the way, show Nancy Reagan a thing or two about China. I'm talking about plates, dinner service China. Nancy Reagan had nothing on Raisa Gorbachev. So finally, at Andrews Air Force Base, there is a gathering throng awaiting the arrival of Mikhail Sergeyevich Gorbachev. State Department luminaries, administrative figures, media, and members of the public who could get in were all waiting as the leader of the evil empire arrived on American soil to save the world from the evil finger of Ronald Reagan. And then they saw it. The Aleutian 2-62 jetliner on final approach at Andrews Air Force Base. The technology to build that plane, by the way, was stolen from Boeing. It landed. The Aleutian 262 jetliner carrying Mikhail Sergeyevich Gorbachev and the communist leadership began to taxi near where the throngs were gathering to hail the arrival of the savior of the planet Earth. Mikhail Sergeyevich Gorbachev, and I'm not exaggerating this, this is exactly how it was portrayed in the American media. The plane kept taxiing and getting closer and closer. And as it got closer and closer, the anticipation in the crowd began to build. Finally, 
The Aleutian 2-62 Soviet jetliner, technology stolen from Boeing, pulled to a stop in front of a gathering throng. For the longest time, the door did not open. This led to further anticipation on the part of the crowd, all of whom were deeply invested in saving the planet from the United States of America. The door finally opened, and the stairs were rolled up, and still, no sign of Gorbachev. Just a bunch of underlings, flight attendants, support staff gathering at the top of the stairs and walking down. It was noted that Reagan was not there. And then, all at once, there he was. Mikhail Sergeyevich Gorbachev had arrived, standing atop the stairs just outside the front door of the Aleutian 2-62 Soviet jetliner, the technology to build it going from Boeing. He waved, and the crowd could barely contain itself. Screams of delight. Shouts of sheer and pure joy emanated from the hundreds and hundreds gathered to witness the arrival of the man who was going to save the world from Ronaldus Magnus. And then he took off the hat, and there it was, the birthmark. Instantly, the crowd went nuts. They began screaming and squealing with delight and uncontrolled passion. Sheer joy, the likes of which had not been experienced outside a Soviet jetliner ever. Shouts from the crowd could be heard. Oh my God, oh my God, he's here. He has come. Oh my God, we're saved. Gorbachev is here. Oh! And the first public Gorbasm ever to happen on record was witnessed. Gorbachev then walked down the stairs got in the Soviet Zill limousine, by the way, four miles to the gallon and just a piece of junk car, and drove off to the Soviet embassy to keep spying on the American people. He got some sleep, had the meeting, and Reagan had his way with him. This was a story by Rush that had me rolling in laughter. I hope you enjoyed it too. Unfortunately, it sadly reflects how a lot of Americans feel about our land of the free. They have been conditioned to believe that freedom is bad and communism is good. I bet a lot of people in the world would disagree with these ungrateful, entitled Americans. Seems like things never change. The Dems are who they have always been. And now they are slowly changing the United States into what the USSR used to be. Hope you guys liked that. I had a lot of fun with that. <laughs> I, uh, I was inspired to do that because uh, due to the passing of Mikhail Gorbachev uh, this past week, I thought that just, that idea just popped into my head. And I was talking about, uh, you know, I was thinking about talking about the whole semi-fascist comment. And I thought, well, you know, I think that just kind of works with it so well. Anyway, I've got some great guests in my studio with me today, and I'm sure they're going to have lots of input on this. I think they enjoy that, uh, that open quite a bit. I've got uh, Shirley Yerma... Yahoo? Yahoo! Yerma <laughs> Yahoo! And I've got Stephen Garrett, and I've got Derek Scott. Thank you. Yes. And um, so, uh, I don't know, what do you guys think about the semi-fascist... Com what do you think about that opening monologue? Did you enjoy that? Yes, uh, I yeah. did. Yeah. Did I do it well? Yeah. Oh, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh. 
Are you guys semi-fascist? I'm, I'm still trying to figure out how you can be semi-fascist. Well, I've thought about that, too. It's like, what does that mean exactly? Um, so you're semi-not-fascist. Semi-not-fascist, exactly. You could look at it that way, yeah. kind of like a glass half-empty or glass half-full. Yeah, I just want to know who took my other half a glass. Right. <laughs> <laughs> can you be just a shade of fascist? I don't know. You know, like shades of gray. You right. Know, maybe there's shades of fascism. I don't know. Well... I mean, one thing that I learned when it comes to fascism, and, and I want to thank you, Rebecca, for having me back on here. This is, I really enjoy it, and I really appreciate it. But, uh, but yeah, you know, fascism is one of those things that they're using, as we know from Solinsky's Rules for Radicals, it's a way to demonize us and stuff. And it hasn't been working, so I guess now they have to say semi-fascist <laughs> instead of fully fascist, because it hasn't, because how long were we being called fascists and Nazis and all that stuff? So now it's semi-fascist because they got to be like, well, you know, they're, they're okay, but they're semi-fascist. You better watch out. Semi-fascist, so, yes. Right. Yeah. So it's almost like they're trying to change the word fascism to keep it on the conservatism. Do you get what I'm saying? Right. So like they're, they're still using the rules for radicals, yeah. but like, okay, this demonization system isn't working much anymore. So let's change the definition of the word, just like with recession. Yeah, they're changing the definition. Oh, it's of the not word, a recession. So it could be reused. Yeah, it's, it's it's not a recession. No, <laughs> right. just ignore that. No, just, it's not a recession. It's not a recession. It's a transition. Transition. Yes, a transition to what exactly? A depression? I don't yeah. know. <laughs> We're on the cusp of it. Instead of semi-fascist, I, I think I'm going to go with semi-sweet. <laughs> I like, like that. chocolate. Yeah, yeah, I like that. yeah. I like semi-sweet chocolates semi in my chocolate chip <laughs> cookies. There we go. Yeah. Yeah, those are very good. Yeah. It's almost like when they're semi-sweet in the in the cookie, they become more sweet. Right. That's so true. I like that. Yeah. So yeah, I'm semi-sweet. Yeah. Right. Like yeah. That. Exactly. So you know, I talked about all of those things in which, under the Biden administration, all of this stuff, which perfectly fits the definition of a fascist. You know, he's 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 coming up with one decree after the other. I mean, face it, the guy is making laws without involving Congress in any way whatsoever. It, it, like, just like this student loan thing, okay? That's Joe Biden unilaterally is forgiving student loan debt. Now, I don't even know how that works because, you know, one thing the Constitution forbids is the government doing anything that involves the breach of a contract. Well... well Go ahead. Well, one of the things that uh, I, they, they say that they're uh, forgiving student loans, but when you read into the bill, it's not privatized student loans, it's federal student loans. So you're actually getting screwed twice. Well, yeah. They took your tax money, divvied it out on, on risky loans, and now are taxing us to pay it back. Right, and the worst part about that is the people that took out the loans are now no longer the only ones that are going to be paying back that loan that that person took out. Anytime you, you say that the federal government is going to, well, they're not going to really forgive it because, well, I mean, unless they're going to take the lenders, okay, well, that, this is the thing I don't understand. Okay, a federal student loan... It, it was loaned to you by a bank or some kind of lending institution, and then it was guaranteed by the federal government. Do I have that right? Not anymore. Not anymore? No. So 
I guess my mic doesn't. Oh, there we go. Oh, there we go. go. Okay. <laughs> Not anymore. No, see, if you got to understand, so federal loans, they took over the whole school loan system. What was it? Seven years ago now? I think it was something Seven like that. to ten uh, years? Seven to ten years. So, yeah, and it got put under Freddie, Fred, Fanny Frey and Freddie Mac, right? Right. And so when it was put under there, okay, they're just forgiving themselves. So, you know, some of the people that have been saying maybe they're he's technically buying votes are right. Now, he could really get busted for that, right? But he's not running until 2024, so it's not necessarily that he's buying votes, right? But we all can see it. He's <laughs> buying votes. But what's sicker than sick is that the federal government took over all uh, school loans. I know I went through this because I was trying to go back into school and get things done and get some certificates for coding, programming, and getting my cybersecurity suite stuff done years ago. And so, yeah, it's all federally run, all of it. So then there's no more private banks. There used to be private banks about seven years ago, and then they were drying up because you used to, like, if you wanted to go become a pilot, you really had to get a private loan more than a, a, a federal loan because the federal loan wouldn't do pilot school. Mm -hmm. But now they've taken that over too. And guess what? It's really hard to get pilots because it's really hard to get the money because that's not what they're funding, right? Because that when they have control, they can fund whatever they want and however they want. And they could say, oh, we're going to do more loans on this type of certificate. We're going to do more loans on this type of degree. And so that's what they've been doing. That's the sicker part about this is they're just forgiving themselves and that they took over the system years ago and people haven't really noticed it. And it's so sick because, you know, these people do need education, right? We do need to educate our children. I mean, I, I take more of an active role. But, like, we need to educate children, yes. And we need to educate them for trades, not for thinking. Thinking is for the ancillary part of the school, not the main part of the school. The main part of the school is research and then understanding trades, right? Because right. if you look at uh, Apollo 11, that was tradesmen that put those rockets together. Not It wasn't just some high genius thinking person it was engineers tradesmen working together well, there's to a lot of people involved amazing. in a project like that you've right. got it you've got a small group of engineers that are like kind of coordinating the whole thing and then you have a whole lot of worker bees yep. that are doing the actual you know building things screwing things together welding whatever is involved and and those are trades but it's sick that they're they're just forgiving themselves now and it's they're the ones that have put these Massive loans on these children. Massive loans. The government is upped and upped and upped our interest rates and our, our costs on this. Oh. And like you said, Stephen, it's, it's, they're taxing you on the in and the out and then on the loan itself. And then they're now taxing us to forgive it. Yeah, it's right. disgusting. It's so dark. There's yeah. Well, no, did you want to say something, was, Shirley? Yes, I was wondering, since at some point we are going to start paying for the student loans, um, am I going to get a picture of the student that I paid the loan for? <laughs> oh, kind of like when you send a donation right. to like one of these for third world right. countries in which yeah. you're going to adopt a adopt a starving child. Mm -hmm. That sort of, yeah, yeah, I think we should. That's well, not a bad idea. I like well, it. it. Uh, if I, I adopt a college student, adopt a college. There student. we go. There we go. Uh, well, I was thinking about adopt a state, uh, but <laughs> <laughs> but 
one of the others. If if I go down and want to take out a business loan, they're going to ask me for a business plan to see if it's viable. Right. Well, why are we doing the same thing with these students? Yeah. What's your major going to be? What is your plan? You know, how are you going to pay this back? Please explain it to me. Underwater basket weaving is not going to go far in the market. Is so, that kind of what you end up doing studies. when you get a philosophy degree? Was, yeah. Yeah. yeah, philosophy, gender, gender studies, studies, all that's not going to get you anywhere. Yeah. All it, and, and then it, all it's done is messed up the whole corporatism that the corporate system is now rejecting it. And they might reject it so bad that they could be, you know, actually mean to people, right? Right. Yeah. So they could go all the way the other way because they're like so tired of it because these gender studies people came in and said, we got to do all this, that all of a sudden they start firing women or something, right? You know, you, you got to be really careful, but they they... They, they did this to themselves. They know they did it. This always happens. It happened in 2006 to 2008. In 2006, Freddie Freddie, Mac, and all this, they had to do a bailout. This was before the 2008 crash. Hey, guys, why don't you hold that thought, and uh, we're going to take a break, and we'll continue it right after. Sure. Thank you. Five years in the same location, Los Ranchos Gun Shop has moved to 6621 4th Street Northwest in Los Ranchos. New space, new inventory, but still committed to serving the safety needs of our guests. One block north of our old location, but still filled with no pressure. Locally owned and operated, proud of our commitment to service and community, and happy to support Talk Radio KDAZ. Interested in getting your concealed carry permit? Perkins Protection Training offers state-approved concealed carry classes for both New Mexico and Utah, taught by a certified NRA instructor, local woman-owned and ran by husband and wife team since 2004. Individual coaching ensuring every student learns according to their individual needs, complete with pre-class and follow-up tutoring. One-on-one, -on -one, beginner, and advanced classes also available. Mention KDAZ for 10% off class. Call 505-238-1214. That's 505-238-1214 or on the web at Perkins Protection training.com Hey everybody, welcome back to Freedom Speak. I'm your host Becca Marie. And you're listening to Conservative Talk KB, KDA, I'm a little tongue-tied this morning. Conservative Talk KDAZ, 96.9 FM AM 700. 
having a really, really great conversation. Uh, I was that that opening monologue was really fun for me. And if you guys missed it, you need to listen to the replay. And uh, oh, by the way, I had somebody uh, say to me the other day, it's like, Becca, I love the music you play during your show. And it's like, it would be great if you told me what they were and so I could find them. Now, I, I want to let you know also that after I do the show and how I tell you that you can listen to replays of my show on my website, uh, freedomspeaknm.com, also on that, I also have the show notes on there that I upload. And on the show notes, I have links to all the music that I use. But, but in case you're curious, on the, the music on that particular break, the first thing was the theme song from, from uh, Quentin Tarantino's uh, Planet Terror, my favorite zombie movie ever. And then the, uh, the one right before I, I came on was uh, No Quarter by Led Zeppelin. Anyway, so I, I'm kind of a 70s kind of a rocker, and uh, I kind of gravitate towards that kind of music. But we were talking about these uh, forgiveness, so-called forgiveness of these school loans that Joe Biden has unilaterally done. I mean, to me, that is, isn't that Congress's job to appropriate money for different things? Yeah, and, and Congress is the one that is... That, that did the Freddie Mac, which led to the housing bubble. And then Congress has made a new bubble. And I think they're trying to, I think they're trying to attack the bubble because they saw what happened last time with housing loans, right? Mm -hmm. So I think that's what they're trying to do with school loans is I think they're trying to preempt it. They, you know, one thing I've always noticed about certain part people in the party of the Democrat party. Because, you know, don't get me wrong. There are some people that I know that are Democrats that are pretty cool that lean my way. Yeah. You know, and actually are very freedom and I would say more independent than me sometimes. But what I'm saying is, is in their party structure, like you said, the communist structure within it, you know, because you have these ancillaries outside. But within it, it seems that they always give you what's in front, but then you got to look what's behind. So you got and the only way to look behind is look a couple of years prior to what they did. Right. And then you see, like I said, they took over all loans for colleges. Now they have a problem. Oh, now we got to bail it out. Remember, like, they create the problem. Solinsky's Rules for Radicals. Exactly. They create the problem, and then they're going to come and fix it right at the right time, right when they need votes. <laughs> That's, well, when, if you remember, when the government got involved in the school loan system, School, the, the tuition prices went up like two, three, four hundred percent. No. You know, anytime the government gets involved in anything, met our, med, our, our, our health care system, prices went through the roof. Well, you hear the joke about the, the toilet seat uh, all the time. Oh, yeah. About how much did they say the toilet seat was? I don't know. It's like, I've gone to Home Depot and bought toilet seats before, and they're really not very much money. Well, but, yeah, when the government buys a toilet seat. The, uh, the funny thing is, is when, when you're dealing with that, it's the parameters of it. Because whatever the government orders has to go through certain testing. Yes, it has to be a government-approved toilet seat. Exactly. And it has to go through studies, and it has to go through all of these it, different it, you committees. Know, weight tolerances. Because yeah. <laughs> um, they've been sued. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> and my butt got pinched. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, but that, that is part of the problem. The government does create the problem, 
by just being involved in it. You know, and on the app opposite end of that, it's it's like labor and industries. Why do doctors not want to take labor and industries clients? Because labor and dis industries doesn't pay market value of the healthcare. So why would I why would I want to to treat you and not get paid what I'm supposed to be paid. I have to take a cut in pay. That's the reason why they don't treat labor and industries, Medicare, Medicaid, all of those underpaid. So what is the incentive of the doctor to treat you? Well, not only that, there's this thing too. Anytime you add a middleman into any kind of business transaction of you buying something, the price gets marked up. Mm -hmm. And the reason that is, and, and I don't think a lot of people understand this because a lot of people haven't ever ran a business or, or, or been involved in, in, in purchasing and, and seeing what you got to pay for something and then taking into consideration all the cost of running that business, you know, keeping the lights on, uh, paying the utilities, paying the employees, uh, paying for the space, uh, the, the lease of the space that you're doing your business in. All of that stuff is overhead that has to get added on to the price. And on top of that, you need to make a profit because after all, that's why you're in business. So like the other day, I went to have uh, an x-ray done. Now I don't have insurance. I don't have medical insurance. I haven't had medical insurance since Obamacare destroyed the plan that I had. Oh, by the way, if you like your plan, you keep your plan. No. Total BS. No, not true. Um, and a lot of people will tell you that. But anyway, so I lost my plan, and uh, the plan that was offered to me in replacement of it was three times as much and didn't cover as much. And I said, what's the point? I'll just, I'll just save my money. I'm a healthy person. I, I rarely need to go to the doctor, and, and I'll just pay for it cash when I've got to go get something done. You, you just got to be more dependent. Yeah, yeah, right, yeah, <laughs> well, exactly. Well, have you noticed? Well, I, well anyway, the point I was going to make is that I went for these x-rays, and they asked me if I had insurance, and I said no. So I saw the price of what it was going to be for the x-rays, if I had insurance, was like $285. And they said, well, since you're paying cash, uh, your price is 135 Yep. So you can see all the overhead involved there. You know, the, the overhead involved, say, with the, with the place that's doing the x-rays, is they've got to pay their help, whatever hourly rate they're paying them, to process this paperwork and follow up on these payments from these insurance yep, companies. Exactly. All of this stuff costs them money. Yep. That's why the markup. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so what were you going to say? Well, I was going to say that, have you noticed the ERs that have popped up that are just ERs? And you pay. They only take payments. They only take money. Have you noticed that? Like, there's one right down the street from where I live on um, course, right next to the uh, the gun range uh, calipers. Uh huh. That's a private ER. Okay. Oh, okay. I this didn't is, know that. This is yeah. So what they're doing to get around this is since if they don't take Medicaid, they don't take Medicare. They don't need all that stuff. So it's slimmed down. And then they got an MRI, they got a CAT scan. You, you go in, what? you can pay it out of pocket. They probably don't need as much office staff either. Right. And so the, it's actually a lower cost. We've, you know, we've had to do it before out of just sheer necessity. But yeah, like they take private insurance also, uh, or they'll have certain partnerships with private insurance, but that's it. They're only taking 
just private insurance and, and money out of pocket. And they are cheaper and they will say, we are cheaper. It's what's popping up. You know, this is what I love about the American spirit is somebody finds that gap and goes for it. And, you know, it's nice to see, but they shouldn't have had to do that in the first place, right? So should a company of doctors come together, make this ER and make it so like, oh, we don't need all this staff and if we only take cash in this, because then they are kind of refusing other people so they, they call themselves an ER, but it's like this private ER and it, it has a specific name and they get around it by saying, well, this is what we take, you know, which is fine. It's legal. They can, they can refuse service as long as they are a fully fledged, like uh, like tier one ER or something like that. Okay. So they can take a certain level of your issues, right? Your certain level of sickness, certain level of a broken arm, whatever. But once it gets into trauma, then yeah, they have to, if they're a trauma ER, then they have to take you in no matter what. See, I have found through my own personal experience, I haven't had medical insurance and like, I mean, I, that's been a long time that, since I've had medical insurance. I had medical insurance that I, I made my payments on, which believe it or not, I know nobody's gonna believe me when I tell them this, but my medical insurance plan that I had before Obama got it destroyed was $150 a month. Yeah, that sounds about right. That's yeah. and, and that. That plan would cover an annual checkup, which I always went for my annual checkups, and it was covered. And it also covered anything catastrophic with a pretty reasonable copay. Yeah. You know, and I had it for catastrophic purposes because I'm a pretty healthy person. Now, if you're a pretty healthy person, you will find that if you don't have insurance and you just save your money, you know, think about the amount of money, especially on this Obamacare nonsense that is just completely, it's not affordable at all, how much you are paying for that, and then you add that up on what you're paying for a year, and as a healthy person, do you ever really spend that much in health care per year, or are you losing a lot of money every year? I would suggest put your money into like a health savings account or something like that, or just set the money aside, whatever. And then when you got to go to the doctor, just go to a doctor that will uh, allow you to pay cash, and you will find they will give you a discount, a uh, significant discount. There is, uh, there is a Christian organization that they have started their own health care insurance. I know and you talking is, about MediShare? I've I, heard about that one. I've heard about that I one. I think yeah. it is. It, well, I know there's... I think it's MediShare or something like that. I think it's MediShare. Yeah. But they actually negotiate price they go in and negotiate your price now because now you're dealing with an actual entity you know you're not fighting to bring these prices down so it's uh that is another way it's it's like when they were talking they wanted to open up uh uh health insurers across state borders that would drive health care prices down because then you're in competition, competition with more yeah. exactly yeah. competition always drives prices down but with the government picking winners and losers prices always go up mm. yeah so I, I would say that if you're a healthy person really really consider just paying cash for your health care and you know like one thing i do have on the side, I've got a policy. It's uh, basically a cancer policy that I have in place because if you get cancer and you have to have treatment for cancer, 
that can cost a lot of money. And I've got a cancer policy specifically for that, which will kick in if I ever get diagnosed with cancer and have to get treatment for that. I am covered. So other than that, I pay yeah, cash. For my well, that makes sense because of your own business too. I mean, you run yeah. your own business. Yeah. You know, so that makes sense. Yeah. That you would have that. I I I would do the same thing. Yeah. But unfortunately, I back in the day, I was covered under the state or well para right and the county alliances of blah 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 and it was crap and you know i paid the same amount about 150 for the whole family which i thought was a great deal um and yeah mostly everything got covered but when you get sick they start pulling this crap of oh well you know you got a pre-existing condition it's like how do you get ms pre-existingly i didn't like i knew i had it Years before, when I came into work in the county as a law enforcement officer, oh, yeah, I knew I had MS, you know. It's like, no. You I know, didn't. depending on how you define it, you could take any condition and claim it's a pre-existing right. condition. Yeah. You could, you could they take cancer. They could come back and say, oh, well, you know, uh, you uh, had a genetic... Uh, uh, genetic know, disposition. Disposition yeah. for this, and so therefore you had a pre-existing condition. Yeah. yeah. And it's it's what they did to me, and it was it was terrible, and I had to hire a lawyer to to try to get it all covered and stuff and they never covered my tnj like there's a whole bunch that sandoval never covered and it's something that you know when the press tried to attack me when i was running for sheriff they were trying to attack like oh well you don't have any records at the county it's like yeah i have all the records i gave them to them i have them physically because fortunately i held on to them but the county didn't part of the reason they didn't is because i have a legal dispute with them they still owe me like 15 20 grand in retirement that they still haven't paid me and yet they act like i don't exist of course yeah. they do yeah. it's like i had to tell that reporter they act like i don't exist because they owe me money hello <laughs> yeah. you know it's like here's the paperwork and i showed her i have stacks of it of my lawyers correspondence with the county and para and all this other crap so, yeah so anytime the government's <laughs> evolved they will harm you then help you it seems good in the beginning but it always at the end just destroys it's why i've been such an advocate at the state level and and lobbying you know for free and doing it myself as my own lobbyist and and for other friends with disability issues is because just how they treat us it's so terrible and how they whittle away at giving us something so they can give it to other people and it's it's terrible it's just like the whole system is just so crap like right now i can't see my doctor my own pcp until uh, he scheduled me six months from now. That's my PCP. Wow. You know, I have found anytime you get the government involved in anything, it doesn't work as good. And, you know, this is so funny. I was, on, when I was on my trip to Florida, I was talking to somebody which I thought up front was a conservative. And it's like, it's so funny. They're espouting these conservative viewpoints on how the government is just so corrupt and how they just, you know, how they're lying to us and how they're doing all of these things. And then they make the statement to, the, to me that uh, they believe the government should be put in total control of our health care. <laughs> and I'm like scratching my head here. It's like, 
okay, so did that conversation we just had never happen? Because <laughs> you just got done telling me how corrupt the government is and how they're lying to us and doing all these things. <clears throat> and you want to put these corrupt liars in charge of your health care. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, people are not, you know, I, I hear people talk about all the time about how, how great the health care is in Cuba and Canada. It's like, oh, well, they have... They have single-payer health care. It's government. It's, it's, you know, it's government socialized health care, and it's so wonderful. Well, you know, you talk to people in Canada. They don't think it's so wonderful. They're waiting months and months and months for screenings. Oh. And as a result of that, if you're waiting months and months and months for a screening, let's say for a cancer screening because you suspect you've got a problem going on, by the time you finally get the screening, you could be stage four and... and, and it could be too late. Oh, I, I had a, a, a friend uh, from Canada, and he was down here in the United States doing work. Uh, he, would, he did movie screens. He <clears throat> re-stretched movie screens, put up new, new screens and, and sound, blanking, uh, sound dampening curtains and stuff like that. He had a hernia, and he suffered with that hernia for two and a half years because in Canada, under their system, a hernia operation is elective. Wow. It's elective surgery. So tell, they schedule... Tell the person that's got the hernia that it's elective. It's funny to know it's actually, depending on where the hernia is, it's elective here. So, yeah. it's, so depending on where it is, it's elective here. I know because when I had my hernia, though, I had a great... You know, I was able to walk in. It was when before the, all this insurance stuff changed. I was able to go in. They got me in with a week. I go into, it was the urologist. Urologist says, dude, this is not a urologist issue. He's like, you need to go to the surgeon. So he literally walks me over to the surgeon. Guy, he's like, I, you need to get this guy in. And they said, what's going on? He explained it. So then I go in, I see the surgeon. But I fell asleep too, because this is, I was working graveyard. It was really funny. I fell asleep and they woke me up and pulled me in. And they're like, where do you work? And I'm like, well, I work in graveyards. And I was still in full uniforms, of course. But then they looked... They looked at it and they said, dude, this is so bad. You got to go in next week. And they just got it done. Right. It, it, it's not that way anymore. It's just like Canada. Yeah. My uncle, who lives in Canada, he's a government worker, right? Worked for the government for 35 years. And what did they do to him? They didn't give him the surgery he needed. Now, this was a very major, it wasn't elective. He got Parkinson's really bad and, or sorry, Luke Eric's disease really bad. And what happened is, is they had to put a, uh, what do you call it? The stomach tube. He waited a year. He was so emaciated that once they got the surgery done, it was success. But guess what? He died literally a month later. Well, I wonder why. Uh, yeah, you think? Yeah. <clears throat> you waited a year for something that here in the United States would have been done in a day or two or at least a week. Right, just like those x-rays that I went and got the other day that I paid cash for and got a huge discount. I simply just stopped in. I didn't happen to make an appointment or anything. I stopped in, they got me in within minutes, and I was out of there. Now, the, the thing that I went and had x-rays for, honestly, is something that... Um, for an issue I'm having that honestly the results kind of terrified me and but I'm telling you that if I had not been able to get those x-rays the other day and I would have had to wait several months down the road or a year down the road or whatever 
um, it might have been too late. So uh, people that say that our health care system in the United States is not one of the best in the world, if not the best in the world, I, they have no idea what they're talking about. Oh, yeah. In Cuba, you wait in line. If you're a party member, you go straight through. Oh, yeah. Everybody else is in a super long line around the corner. And same with, same with Canada. It's just you wait at home. Yeah. They put you on a waiting list. Yeah, they put you on a waiting list. And, you know, Americans are not running to Canada or Cuba to get their health care done. They're just Do you not. know how many people in the world run here still to this oh, yeah. day? Yeah. Come to this country to get medical things done because of all the great medical systems we had great created. We were the gold standard. It's just like in aviation. We're the gold standard. We're the gold standard in a lot of things. Well, why is that? Because our system of competition and repetitive competition and always striving to get to do something more efficiently and better, right, has always pushed us to be great Americans, right, to be forward thinking, to find the little gaps. And, you know, I remember in factory workers that would, they would talk to certain workers saying, if you can find a better way to do this, tell us immediately. And they would, and they get a promotion or they get a bonus if they made the line quicker Right, so you got a bonus for making the line quicker because you just figured out a more efficient way of doing your own job. Yeah, it makes sense. Whatever happened to that? We, why are we losing this? It's driving me insane. It's like, why are we losing this? Why are we losing that initiative? And why is our younger generation, this is what I can't understand, is why millennials, but, but even Zoomers or what they call, what do they call them? Zoomers, Zs, whatever. Gen, Gen, Z. Gen Z, right? Yeah, Gen Zs. Um, I like Why are they, you know, Gen Z, I think, gets, I think gets the job issue. I met a lot of Gen Zers saying, I want to get a job. I'm not staying home. After COVID, they're done, right? They're ready to get a job. But millennials are still whining, complaining, and saying, I should have gotten a promotion, and here's my big degree, and all this other crap. And won't stop, like uh, Mike Rowe always says, won't stop and just, look, there's a trades job that's $100,000 a year. You're going to make more than you'd ever make with that, that degree in your hand. Well, from somebody that, when I'm not here, works in the trade industry, I can tell you there is enormous amounts of money to be made in the trade industry. And the, the trade that I, that I work in, it's, it's the weirdest thing ever because in, in the state of New Mexico, I have, and I'm not exaggerating here, I have no competition, none I have people, various different national companies, uh, call me on a daily basis saying, Becca, can you go do this for us? Uh, we really need it done today or tomorrow. And I'll tell them, I'm booked up today and tomorrow. They say, well, when can you do it? And I'll say, next week. And they'll say, we'll take it. I mean, that's how desperate they are. Because... There's nobody doing the kind of work that I do, and I can tell you, the kind of work I do pays really good, yet nobody else is doing it. I don't get it. I don't get it either. I really don't. I don't either. And, I, and I've had people talking to me before about young, you know, young people coming, and, and, and they'll ask me about you know, when I'm on a job site doing something, and they'll ask me um, about it, and I'll say, well, yeah, I mean... You could do it too. I said, it just involves, you got to want to do it. I said, you got to be willing to put in the time because back when I first started doing this stuff many, many years ago, 
I went into it with the attitude, I went into an employer and I said, I just want to do this kind of work and whatever you could pay me, I'll take it. And you know, it might have been 15, well, it was less than that, 10 bucks an hour, maybe 15 <clears throat> an hour. But I did it because I wanted to learn the trade. And now that I've learned the trade and I am one of the top people in the field, the, the money is incredibly good. <laughs> That's, I'm just going to tell you that. That's all I can tell you. Um, but people nowadays, especially young people, they've got this entitlement mentality in which they think that they should be able to come in and make the big bucks right off even, they don't, even though they don't know how to do the job. And even though they don't have the skill set. It's funny you mention that because, yeah, that's the reason why I'm an expert witness in court. It's one of the reasons why I have people call on me to take jobs that I normally don't really want to do, right? Like, mm -hmm. cause, like I'm, I, my disability could sometimes get in the way and stuff, but they are so desperate. They're like, Derek, please, just, just can you do this? And I'm like, okay, okay, you know, here's my cost. That's fine. Okay. <laughs> well, and really what it is, is this entitlement mentality lends itself to the whole concept of socialism and communism. Right, yeah. Because that's what they prove. They, they, they promise. They promise. Yeah. Oh, they promise everybody is going to, to, to be, do well. No, everybody is going to do mediocre because that's what socialism, communism is. Everybody only gets just what they need and nothing more. And it's like, Everybody will be taken care of at a very, very minimal very level. Very minimum level. Because yeah. as we see in communist Russia at the time of their, you know, Russia isn't the best, right? But you could say they're a little better right yeah. now. But while Better than a lot. But why yeah. under the Iron Curtain, everybody got the minimal unless you're a party member and unless you kind of showed yourself to be... You know, like a fascist in a sense, you know, like they, how, what did they say? They hiled Hitler, right? Yeah. Why did they do that? Because they were party members. And if they showed respect to Hitler, you know, they're going to go, they're going to go everywhere. They're going to go up. It's part of why they had mismanagement of a lot of their projects. It's part of why there was, why they lost the war is because, you know, and they threw away one of their best resources, right? So when you look at that, you see what fascism really is. So then let's, like you said, transpose to, yeah, so transpose to Biden, right? You're seeing the same thing, top-down control. And if you are my buddy and pal and you agree with me, up you come, up you yeah. go. I don't care that you don't know anything or have any strategies or understanding how to do it. But you, you, you hiled me. You hiled yeah. Biden, yeah. and so you went up, yeah. and now you're the star of the, the show. The only ones that do really, really well under communism, socialism, are the people at the top, the politicians, right? The ones that are and whoever everything. licks their boots. And yeah, and I even actually that same person I talked to when I was in Florida even said, well, that you know, I can't believe that that just the right people haven't been in charge. Oh my God. Hey, well, we'll be back. That's the end of the first hour. The second hour is going to be really awesome. We're going to be talking about Neuralink and VR and artificial intelligence and all kinds. It's going to be really cool. We'll be back. And